Hey, kid, how are you? Hey, Kabir. Uh, Merry Nez Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Nez right here. Uh, I just told her who you were and the NFTs that you gifted. Oh, that's your daughter? Yes, it is. Hi, Nez. Oh, she, she's not, she doesn't have speaker. Your speaker. Oh, yeah. I mean, did she like it? <laughs> Let's see if she wants to talk. She she sent another request. Yeah, she to the realm and she accidentally. Uh, yeah, I, I did. I did accept it. Okay, now. Hi, Naz. Hi. How are you? Peachy. Peachy. Did you like your NFT? Uh, yeah. I don't know how to start. <laughs> That's okay. It's a it's a it's 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 a collection by I think. Uh, kid, is that the Eliza African Eliza collection? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So it's an it's a nineteen year old kid in Nigeria who was a soccer player, got hurt, went to hospital, and then he only has a really, uh, like an like a really. Um, not less powerful Android phone and decided to do something and create, start creating PFP, came into MySpace, uh, shilling, talking about his NFT. And then I told him along with some other people that not, don't, don't try to sell your P, you know, NFT, but sell yourself, talk about yourself. And, and then he did, and he followed us for, for many months and months and you know he he's grown so well in terms of like understanding nft and everything and and so i collected many of his nfts to support him and just to give him more encouragement and so that's that's those are the ones some of them i that i shared as a it's kind of a my thank you to your mom <laughs> and now you dr Dr. Carey, how are you? Great. How First are you? First time talking to you. I've seen you everywhere. Yeah, I get around. Merry, no, I'm just <laughs> Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. <laughs> Merry Christmas. You too. I figured I'd, I saw Kit and then it looked like an interesting topic. So I figured I'd come say hello. Yeah, it's just, it's a good topic for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm curious about how, uh, you know, how AI is going to shape our immediate future. Uh, you know, I, I, see a, I see a lot of things happening. So I'm very interested. And uh, yeah. Dr. Carey, Kabir right here. I did a like a year in review thread i see bailey sorry she my daughter's like pointing to like sparking cars in front of us for some odd reason why is it sparking anyways um kabir is one of the people that i look to for um you know he's a innovator like real tech innovator and in what he's trying to do within the nft space and so forth but he's just here for different communities and he's a good person just to sit and you know, BS with, and I've been trying to jump into his spaces here and there, but usually his space is closed by the time I get my stupid alert. So if you ever want to kill time, meet interesting people, or like bounce ideas off, you could always talk to him. 
Thanks. It's so funny because I actually follow you already. Um, but I just, I must have, you know, I just follow Kit around. So I must have just been like, oh, she follows him. I'll follow him. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, but you must have posted something that I thought was interesting. I, I, fo I follow and actually responded to you because I, I remember seeing you in spaces. And then, you know, yeah, we all follow you know, people that we follow. So it's, it works out that way. That's the way, best way to, I, I guess, get to know. Uh, but I'm curious, are, um, you know, you are a doctor, like a medical doctor or? No, um, learning and development education. Oh, yeah. Now I remember. I, I'm sorry. I forgot. I, I remember reading reading about some of your stuff. So, yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. I'm a, I'm a, um, I, I am trying to educate people on technology and uh I've written, you know, about technology since I was 26. I published my first programming book when I was 26. And I've written like a dozen books um, that were published in pretty much every language possible uh, by big publishers. And so that actually introduced me to, um, you know, kind of sharing technology information and, um, and you know, I have my tech business, but I really like sharing uh technical information so i'm writing a primer on ai and uh, for my my customers actually really focused on my customers who are the cios of mid-size enterprise and so i'm like writing for 30 of them because they asked me actually to debunk the you know the practical use case of ai while doing this i actually started talking to some ai companies and very interestingly some of some of them recognized me and uh, so now I have some insight into uh, like Maker.ai and a few others, and uh, of course OpenAI is the is the big, you know the big elephant in the room, and um, so I'm going to release my AI primer. I wanted to release it the first day of January, but it might be first week of January, and it's free. It's it's, it's going to be available on, on our you know uh, new new to be released website. But I'm going to share links on my uh, Twitter, of course. So, but it'll be interesting. Um, to see how, how business folks see AI and the use case of AI uh, in the 2023 is really going to be, you know, those who are going to take advantage of it are going to go really far, really fast. I mean, I incorporated it in my business already and, um, you know, it's really working for us. So I'm excited to see other businesses, people, creators using it. You know, there's a fear, there's a good, good amount of fear as well. And uh, that comes with new technology. Um, but I think, you know, uh, the thing that it will do for us uh, to save time and accelerate, uh, you know, things that we need to do will be very interesting. But at the same time, there are risks and there is all kind of issues that will come from it, I'm pretty sure. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, it's tough to be at, like, the forefront, but it's so cool. Like, I found, like, and I'm afraid to do it, too, but just to put my name associated with blockchain or like in Massachusetts a few years ago, if you had your name associated with like cannabis, you were the one person in that field and just so many opportunities came to you. So I'm actually thinking about, you know, more of like AI, but then also like metaverse educator, putting that on my LinkedIn and stuff because it is such an exciting space. Um but yeah, no, I can't wait to read some of the things in the primer just so I can figure out what the heck I'm doing. I'm just recovering from a, um, an accident right now, so. Oh no, I, yeah. I hope I hope it's not a, uh, you know, is it a car accident or? I hope not too, but. <laughs> yeah, I hope, I'll big. be okay. No, I okay. just, no, it just, it is so exciting, but I feel like it is hard to get into new fields, right? Because like, 
you know, things could go wrong. And I do think, I don't know if you've seen Back to the Future 2, where Biff um, stole the almanac. I don't know, Kit, do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yes, I do. I'm, I'm uh, a little bit AFK. I put my phone in my pocket because I'm transferring children. Oh, no, that's okay. I'm just saying that's like, I'm very nervous about the world in the next like few years. And I have that feeling of like um, Biff getting the almanac. So I don't want it to be like all Vegas all over the, the world. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, Kavir? Yes. Or no? Yeah, I have, I've I've okay. seen him. Yeah, I mean, in fact, funny thing is there is actually uh, not too related, but there is a Back to the Future NFT project um, done by some friends that I have. Uh, they're they're raising funds for uh, you know Michael J. Fox Parkinson's Disease Foundation, and they call it McFly. And you know they talk <laughs> about awesome. they they talk about Back to the Future all the time, and the artists who did them. Um, uh, you know she's so good i mean um you know she she's simply you know so detail oriented so every single uh, mcfly nft i have a few of them uh i came out so detail- oh my god i want to go to a place where all they talk about is back to the future they that's do, amazing so i will pass you in dm uh, you know the the link to their their nft and they're the nicest people around ross uh, the the guy he's a mechanic he's a caterpillar mechanic you know those big giant uh, you know caterpillar machines um so and then she are um, her name is escaping me she'll kill me if she hear this recording um god i forgot her name you know like the twitter name and the real name is not matching up so um, but the artist she is in new york and she is a tattoo artist but she turned into an nft artist and she does such a beautiful job they got recognized by michael j fox foundation as well because they donated tens of thousands of dollars already and it's a parkinson disease uh, you know awareness they all many of the founders like i think couple of the founders three of them have had someone who had parkinson's so they took on the, themselves to design an NFT to give 65% to the, uh, you know, the, J, 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 the J, J Fox Foundation. So all the references to Back to Future in each and every single NFT is amazing. I mean, I don't know all that uh, because I, I watched them when I was a kid, but um, it's just beautiful. I mean, the, the, somebody taking a, a you know, nostalgic movie and futuristic movie and and using an NFT to raise funds for the really the actor who suffers from it, and of course an advocate of it, and so it's an amazing thing. I really cannot tell you how how I I could I wish I could buy more. So I did buy a few, and uh, you know I really encourage uh, people looking at it. McFly, M C F L Y. No, mm-hmm. that's so. I love those case, you know, those use cases and. I'm working with um on an NFT project where, you know, for every NFT sold, they onboard a woman, a girl into web three. So like, I'm all about the ones that are for charity or for something and, and ones for community are good too. But um, yeah, I'm still, still formulating my opinions for sure. Yeah. I, I support, I support mostly in a charitable NFT because it's the idea. I don't know if they will be successful. It's just the, I cannot support, you know, I cannot think of not supporting them because it's like, you know, if somebody's trying to rescue dogs in, in Israel, there's a, there's a, there's a, you know, there's a one project there. She disappeared kind of like, because she was disappointed how little support she got, I think maybe. And then there is a, there is Caden and Nico, which is a father's, uh, you know, uh, mission, right? And I'm a big supporter of that. I'm, I'm, I'm probably a whale there. 
And and then this kid in in, in a Nigerian kid, I, I am definitely well for him because I, I I practically gobble up as much as I can. Um, and then uh, I'm trying to remember there is a, you know Dijon Dachshund, which is a, a, a you know those dogs Dachshunds that have uh, you know that have back pain issues. So my friend Jan has you know created this NFT, spent a bunch of money you know creating a, s- a smart contract from scratch and all kind of do- doing it right. But yet, you know, struggling because, you know, eventually people don't want to hear these things. People want to flip things. And, you know, the, so I kind of, I, I look at that, you know, if I'm going to buy uh, NFTs, I'm going to support them first. And then I started supporting art NFT, which is uh, Dr. Who. Dr. Who is a great Canadian artist. Uh, you know, he's he's really nice guy, always available in many, many spaces. And he started producing some of his, uh, you know, nice art in known origin. So this is the first time I actually collected NFT for the art purposes. And everywhere else, I just supported a project that I thought somebody's trying to do. A good, like McFly, it's actually a good art project. At the same time, good cost project. So it's a combination. You know, and it's, it's kind of fun to do that. You know, I would have never, if without being introduced to NFT nine months ago, I would have never looked at this stuff. I would have just watched them and you know, said, oh, these are just uh, JPEG, you know, people just buying JPEGs and, you know, the typical way. Of, but knowing the people, uh, I just changed my mind. It's just amazing. Amazing uh, people are trying to do amazing things. And you're amazing. And Nez said, sorry, but she just had to jump off. <laughs> That's okay. Hey, I, I want to say hello to, uh, uh, hello to, I mean, I don't know if I should, I know his name, but I'm going to call him Webby, Web3 Freddy. And I don't, want to do- <laughs> I don't want to dox him, but he's a cool guy. So if you want to talk, I, I, I gave you a mic. So, so, so Dr. K, um, so what brings you to like, you know, like, what are you doing? Like, are you doing a project or, you know, are you just learning or? Sharing, what's your, you know, kind of involvement? Well, I mean, I was on Twitter for a little while, but I really came in through Voyager. Um, and I just started hanging out in the Voyager. I don't know if you know Voyager, but that's how I kind of got more into Twitter and Twitter spaces. And then um, I couldn't log into my VJX Hero, so now I just have my real name. And I, sorry, I'm eating popcorn, too. Um my day job is um, career development education lead for the state of Massachusetts. So I do like youth workforce development. I am supporting um, women intense NFT and um, it started in India. And that's the one where each, each NFT is uh, features a girl all over the world in like a different STEM field. And then for everyone sold, they get, um, they onboard one girl into Web3. And then also um, they're building a metaverse for girls where they read like female scientists comic books. And then there's like a dance room and it's just kind of like, it's just really girly and and just, just trying to encourage girls in STEM careers. So I support that project. I'm also considering metaverse jobs just because I was saying that whole, um, that whole um, safety thing, like, and Biff and the Almanac, I'm kind of um, worried a little bit about <laughs> just what education will look like. And sometimes I worry when 
educators aren't involved in the process and just working for the government right now, I know that um, we're not getting consulted on anything like that. And so uh, or we're not talking about AI except for in the trades, like the kids might have to learn at a tech school, but we're not talking about it in terms of like English language arts or ways to, um, you know, fix government systems. So I kind of learn here because I'm fucking bored at work. No, I'm just kidding. Don't don't share this anyone. <laughs> um, no, it's just that it's tough. Government is still so run by such older thinkers. And it is, I have been making gradual progress, but it is hard to, uh, it's hard to change things there sometimes and be innovative, you know? People get I, real nervous. I hear you. Just just for your VGX connection, that's how I met uh, Kit. I used to hang out in uh, Big, T's, uh, Big T's room. I was very, uh, I'm a big fan of Big T. And, you know, I used to listen to v VGX uh, Heroes and I used to listen to all Big T uh, spaces. And I did get into a little bit of VGX, not a whole lot. I was a big Luna guy, and so that was a that was a nightmare. So, um, but you know, I moved away from shied away from crypto at the moment just because the loss I have is something that I have to recover in the future by playing some sort of game. And I did recover. I had similar, not as big as loss, but a similar loss in 2018, and I was able to recover using Solana. And so I'm hoping that I can recover part of my loss. And then I think I will retire from, you know, general crypto trading um, because I really don't want to play that gambling anymore. I really like NFT as a utility. I like NFT as a, I mean, I, con I consider NFT as the MP3 for art. And I, I want to do something in that space. So um, you know, and and beyond. And really, I'm not a, I'm not an NFT guy, but I'm more interested in the social audio. And uh, and that brings us to our next speaker. Can you? Uh, I'm I'm trying to figure out how to pronounce it. Web three, Freddy. Uh, but you know, I know you by name. So, <laughs> hi. Hey, Kabir. How are you? I don't know. I didn't want to dox you. So. Um, you know, sorry. It's, right. <laughs> it's okay. actually Web Tree Fitty. Okay, okay. Um, there's a South Park. Well, there's three different episodes where there's uh, a Loch Ness monster that's looking for money, and he wants about Tree Fitty. I see, um, I see, I see, I see. But it, it's also a JavaScript term because you have a working tree, and it's clean. It's Fitty. So Fitty. I see. I see. It's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. How are you? And happy, uh, well, Merry Christmas, first of all. Merry Christmas. Awesome. Well, first time talking to you, but I I know we've, I've been exchanging DMs and also, uh, you know, like I've, I've been responding to your tweets. So, um, but yeah, it's very nice and uh, nice to talk. You know, do you want to mention the project that you're involved? Because they can look it up from your profile. So, um, you know, you can talk a little bit maybe about it. Yeah, sure. I'm uh, actually working on the white paper right now, um, but it is a so it's called Zentarios. It the links in my profile, and the at is at Zentarios um, on several different social media. But the I guess the general idea is that you can. So it's like a Web3 community-focused app 
um, it's a web two app right now, but I'm working on, um, minting a copy of each of the posts. You don't mint the copy, but you, um, send the, the post to decentralized storage and you mint the ownership of it is kind of the way things are going and kind of how NFTs work in general. Um, but yeah, the basics of it is you can blog on there. You can, um, post, there's another type of posting where you can share images or video. So it's like a Instagram, I called it Centigram. And then there's also a web three community events calendar. And what's cool about it is it goes onto your profile and there's four different tabs. One's called info and it shows all your links. Um, there's three different types of links. You got like the general links, um, your website, uh, your official contact. And uh, if, there's three other spots. So you can put whatever links you want in there. And then there's a link to your spatial if you have it. Um, so a visitor could then click the NFT button and it's going to change which links you see. Um, those links can be OpenSea, Foundation, Magic Eden, uh, FXHash, Object.com. There's eight of them total, and then there's an NFT link that's blank, so you could put maybe you're minting on your own website, or there's another marketplace you're using. Uh, and then there's another button, you click crypto, and it would be if a crypto project was on there. Um, this would have links to their contract if they included it, and also their audit, KYC, and... Um, if the liquidity is locked somewhere. Um, and then it also puts your Twitter feed on there. And then there's another section for the little icons for all the social media. Um, anything from GitHub to TikTok to LinkedIn is on there. Um, below that, <laughs> there's it's called the featured video. So you can choose a, a single YouTube video or a playlist. And then below, you know, your basic information is a video. So it's kind of like you read the bio. Okay, there's all these links. Okay, they're on Twitter. Oh, they're on all these social medias. Oh, here's a video. Who is this person? And if you're a crypto project, below the video would be a chart. Um, and the it's a Dex Tools chart, not Dex Tools, a uh, Dex Screener. And inside Dex Screener is actually um, the swaps associated with that chain. So you could actually buy that token right there through Dex Screener. Um, so that's the first view. Uh, and then you click the button to say, see posts, and all the blogs are right there. Um, you know, it puts the featured image and a little description. So it's kind of like Medium. Then you click it again, and boom, you click Media, and all the media posts are there. Um, so it's kind of like an Instagram or maybe even like a Twitter. And then you click Events. Boom, all the events are right there on your profile. Um, so it's a, just a wonderful way to show all the different content you create um it doesn't show the social audio like that's not there but it gives you the link to the social social audio event um or the real life events or the meetup whatever event there's different types of events maybe it's a minting party or a token launch um yeah so that's the basics of it like i just noticed crypto projects and especially nft artists um you know crypto like uh nft 
projects are kind of more like crypto projects on the website level and maybe like a technological level. But NFT artists often don't have a website. And the setup of this one, I'm kind of covering it right now in the white paper. You know, a website's got to have good appearance. It has to have a clear purpose. It has to have, um, you know, information how to contact them or straight to the point of sale. So the profile has all the key ingredients to a website. So it could be a substitution to a website or it can just complement your existing website. Um, and people that have, not all people that have a website have blogging on there. So that's the basics of it. It's just, it's primed for um, search engines too. And anything anyone posts, I share it to the Zentario social media because then Centarios and there's news feeds running through there. So people looking at Centarios are getting news from Coindesk and Cointelegraph and all sorts of uh, media outlets. And then it mixes in the news that we share ourselves. So um, it's pretty cool, I think. Sounds interesting. Do you have it out already or is it... Uh... You, yeah, you said it's you're up right now. Okay, um, I'll definitely using it. Awesome, awesome. I'll check it out, of course. And okay. I think we got new speaker Tony. Tony, you want to say hello? Yeah, hello. Happy holidays. Just joining in, switching spaces. Uh, trying not to get rugged. I guess is the term. Yep. Happy holidays to you. What brings you here, Tony? Uh, it's, uh, growing. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I just stumbled across Twitter and, uh, okay. stuck, stuck no. with it. Yeah. That's, that's fine. That's fine. That's no, no reason to, you know, yeah, that's how we find things. Sometimes it's, uh, interesting people we meet and, you know, I am, uh, I have never been able to host a space where I stuck to the topic. So I, I made myself a plan that this 2023, whenever I host a space, I'm going to try to reset the room, go back to the topic that I want to uh, talk about, listen to. And so the topic that I want to talk about is, you know, AI, uh, how AI is going to impact our lives in 2023 forward. And, um, so what you know? What kind of exposure do you have? Do you have insights into uh, what what it means to you, your business, your work? And I think Dr. Kerry and Kate, we were discussing, and Dr. Kerry, you were talking about you know education, which is a very dear topic to me. Um, you know, I help um, my. I have two children. I have a nine-year-old and a fourteen. And since my first boy, who is fourteen now, was in kindergarten. Uh, I have been helping school, the local public school, introduce them to through the STEM program to things like Raspberry Pi. And I've done extensive amount of work with schools, like, you know, just showcasing kids. And so I've done some, you know, I spent like, you know, before COVID and it all stopped during COVID. Before COVID, every year I spent $10,000 minimum and not counting my staff time. My staff time is we donated. So... I have serious high-powered engineering team. You know, many of them are ex-Google, ex-Medium, ex-Facebook. you know, Facebook. And so these guys, when I put them to, together to come up with things, 
um, you know, we come up with things that are unbelievable. So I'll give you one example. First time, very first time, my kindergartner, my, my son Ethan, heard that I, his teacher requested that, hey, dad, you are, you know, you're an engineer. Can you talk about, showcase something about computer science? And I told my son on the way back, I said, hey, your teacher asked me to do a computer science thing, uh, so I'm going to do this STEM thing. And then he said, oh, in a, in, a, in a tone that sounded like he's disappointed. So I asked him, why do you think so? Uh, he said, well, you play with a laptop all the time. So because that's what he saw me do, right? Whenever he went to my office, you know, he saw me with a laptop, basically. And so I thought that, oh, my son thinks I am just doing laptop. I'm a computer engineer. I I design things for UC Berkeley, you know, <laughs> and startups. So I worked with, you know, top top line engineers in my early days. So what I did is I, I went back to my office and, and the next day and told my team that my son thinks I'm just a laptop guy. And we decided that we're going to change that idea. So guess what we did? We created a three-dimensional uh, my, Minecraft with standing robots, about a foot tall robots, and using only Raspberry Pi Zero and Raspberry Pi, which are basically $45 computer, was created by uh, you know, British uh, universities like um, Cambridge and I think Oxford and a bunch of others. And these little computers can do just about anything you want. And using those computers, those little computers and the smaller versions, we created these robots that talk, that can uh, make sound, that senses if you lift them. And we gave them a chessboard as big as, you know, those, um, uh, those chessboard you see people lift up the chess pieces and play? And a little bit bigger than that. And we made a three-dimensional game using Minecraft characters, you know, cre Creepers and Steves and, and, you know, all the, all the characters and w using a AI vision, uh, sorry, not AI, a, a computer vision, which is basically uh, in a, a, t t a camera watching the board. We were able to help kids, you know, when they move, made moves because we, we asked them to make moves. And again, the, to make the move, the dice was digital. Okay, we made a digital dice. So, the experience was so elaborate that the school requested that the entire school take 15 minutes each class, each class, 15 minutes and participate in it. So 200 out of 400 kids, 200 kids lined up to watch our activity and interact with this thing. And the school asked if we can push this forward to, our, to the board level, like, you know, like go beyond the um, school, go to the uh, Rockland Unified School District and beyond. I didn't. I, and my goal was not to, you know, take my company's direction from, you know, what we do to this. So I said, no, that's just, that's all. As long as I'm part of these school districts, I'll help uh, with STEM. So I routinely help in, in different, different, every time there's a different gimmick, I, I call them the show we put on just to teach kids computer science and excite them that computer science is not a laptop thing. You don't write code, you build real stuff. And we, and from then on, you know, I would go to the parking lot to pick up my son. Other kids would come up and say, Mr. Kabir, what are we going to build this year? And, and they learned about Raspberry Pi. And then I asked, and I'm originally from Bangladesh. I asked some kids, you know, like I, I, I know some folks in Bangladesh. But I don't go there and I don't have anybody there. I asked some, they're learning Raspberry Pi in university level courses. My son had Raspberry Pi in his hand. In elementary school so what do you think what do you think he's doing right now he's 14 years old he's invited to uh, jo uh, you know J J J john hopkins 
for the summer program. This, this is an advanced summer program. He doesn't want to go. So he's going to go to UCSC. He's a 14-year-old math, math whiz. And he's going to a UC, UC, US, UCSC, University of Santa Clara, Clara. Because it's not because I push you know, every day. He's, you know, it's just the exposure. And some of his friends are doing amazing things. So it's the exposure that we create for our kids. And it's the parents' participation. It's not the school's job. And I see why our school district is so, so awesome because, you know, the parents jump in. They don't just don't wait for the teacher. Everybody jumps in. And I've noticed this. I inherit, I mean, I came to this city specifically for the public school district. I was in Sacramento. Uh, most of my life I spent in Sacramento. But, uh, you know, Rockland Unified is a well-known school system that just caters to innovation and and i love it and 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 so i've been involved in this and so through that i decided that oh my god you know the the chat gpt the ai that's coming uh, teachers are going to take a negative stance on it because they're going to see st students stealing you know using it to benefit their essays and such so i am going to create a a way for the high at least the high school because my son now is a fifth you know eighth grader so I'm going to ask the high school that let me teach you how this could benefit you as a teacher and also your student and how to, how to you know, deal with it. Because don't just write it off as a negative, but learn to deal with it. So that's the kind of thing that I, gets me excited. And you know, this is not my job. This is what I do on the side. But you know, I think you know, this is what excites me, that the AI is going to be looked at negatively by some people who just were fearful of everything. And we as in technology, we embrace it with, you know, obviously we want to do this. Uh, we want, we know it's going to go there. It's going to go there. And I think it's accelerated because of chat GPT. I think chat GPT 4.0 is going to blow everybody's mind because it's just going to be so much more advanced. And I am able to do things. My senior most engineers cannot imagine what we can do right now. I mean, I showed them to my own team. Because of uh, the COVID, we had to become virtual and um, we never opened our offices again. We, 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 my company be, uh, went to five different states. My company's people, my staff. So we work virtually, but uh, I shared recently that, hey, this is what I can do with ChatGPT. I challenged one of my engineers that do this and he did this. And then with more specificity, I provided a I asked it to write code and it did it exactly. He said, oh my God, this wrote the code we have. One of the classes, one of the things. So he's, he's like, oh my God, it wrote the exact code we have. And when he asked it, it didn't do it because he didn't have the specificity. So I see a new generation of people who are going to be instructional computing consultant. They're going to teach, they're going to use AI to get things out of AI. You know, it's just like all this knowledge is in there. You just have to ask the right questions. And I remember somebody saying, you know, it's the question that matters, right? It's, it's the question. Asking the right question is the most important part of the discussion. And, you know, so it is the day. The day of asking the right question with the specificity has come through these AI. Yeah, Kit, please. Yeah, I was just... I don't want to throw your topic of conversation off, but surrounding AI, because the majority of these spaces that are popping up are, you know, same subject line. However, people tend to go in a different direction of conversations, which is a lot of conspiracy theories. Uh, what has been currently created for AI, blah, blah, blah. Um, you're 
introduction is, you know, your background um, has merit and the people that you've been working um, working with for your own project with AI, you get a little bit of a background uh, education. Uh, what do you, what would you have to say in reference to that? Um, you know, people that kind of go a little bit off the beaten path and their own um, bias. I mean, we can never stop them. People should question everything. But I, I, what, what gets me is that I come on Twitter, you know, because it's supposedly the free speech uh, time in Twitter, we can have all kind of conversations that some of the conversations are just counterproductive, but you still have to have the conversation. So anybody challenging the purpose of AI, anybody challenging the existence, the creation is just like, you know, how, who created Bitcoin? Is it CIA or is it uh, who is this thing, guy, right? We're always going to question things we don't know, but I am more a pragmatic. I'm like, what are my kids going to do with it? What am I going to do with it? What are my clients going to do with it? What, uh, what, are these, what are the things that we will face you know, from it that my teachers are going to be afraid of? And so mitigating those and learning those is just a practical way of you know, going through it. Now, if we, uh, you know, the open AI is what specifically I'm working with. And, but uh, there is so many wrappers on top of it people are creating that you will never recognize which one is what because there's so many you know flavors of uh, people are trying to simplify it you know the prompting which is very difficult sometimes so i think you know there will be always discussions about where it came from wh what is it going to do is it going to take away the jobs i'm hearing all kind of things um anytime something new uh, this shocking becomes so real so fast i mean the OpenAI ChatGPT interface is not that old. And what you can ask it, what you can do with it is amazing, scary. All of the emotions are attached. So I myself, only, can, only thing I, I'm focused on like, okay, you know, ew, this, this is way too fast. I didn't expect it to be here right now. But, and I'm hearing the four point is going to be hell lot you know, more, more smoother, more, more, more you know, detail. So what should we do? Just uh, learn it, make sure we understand it so that if something, you know, if we need to deal with it, we, we know how to deal with it. But just fearing it would be the wrong thing to do. Yeah, please. Yeah, I, I like that answer. Um, since I did want to steal the recording off of this and repost it on a podcast, if you don't mind. Um, everything will be under your handle, your name, referencing, and so forth. All credit will be due. Um, but this is the type of conversation that I appreciate going into crypto Twitter space and just in general because, um, yeah, people should always question things. But I've heard, I, I've heard a few um, triggers of uh, referencing to different AI companies or projects. One of them is a called Jade, which is an AI program that I've never heard of before. I've heard of Jade, which is with um, creating autonomous piloting and with airplanes within the government, but that's military. I've also heard about the conspiracy theory of Cameo, which I, I, I mean, I was in like a high level security clearance when I was enlisted, but uh, I've never heard of it before. I've heard conspiracies regarding it. 
um, because you did some back digging, uh, where would you state some of these um, conspiracy theory thoughts that people kind of go left wing over, or left field, sorry, not left wing, left field over could kind of stem from and how, what type of things can you say with, um, you know, plausible uh, merits to kind of steer them in the right direction to continue educating? So that's that's pretty pretty difficult to answer because I actually am not familiar with the some of the systems you mentioned. Um, I you know I myself am focused on consumer grade. Um, I think the military project or the the you know what what our military has. I think it is going to be substantial substantial more. Um, you know just because you know when I was uh, just out of college. I was in, you know, I was working for Berkeley, UC Berkeley, Dean of Engineering, and I was exposed to my my immediate boss was Phil Lefsley. Um Phil Lefsley is known as the the author of our, you know, the NNTP protocol, the Network News. The basically before web, all the news that we shared to each other, he wrote the protocol for it. He was my direct supervisor. So because the guy is brilliant, he wrote basically the book for um, the, you know, the history of phone freaks. And, and uh, Steve Wozniak wrote the foreword for it. So you can imagine what level of connection he has. And he's my boss. He, he's still, I'm st- still in touch with him. And he, um, he took me to, because he did not know how to drive. And if it rained, he was stuck with his bike. So I had this $500 car. So I would give him a ride because that's how we got, I'm um, like, beyond my work, I was like, hey, Phil, I-, I can give you a ride. So I gave him a ride and it is a hatchback. So I took his, you know, his bike could be put on the back and then I would take him, take him places. So we became more friendly than beyond the work. He was a really nice boss in my, in my opinion. My, um, I only worked for him and I never worked for anyone since then. And, and so he introduced me to a whole lot of, whole lot of people that are beyond imagination way ahead of people um, and these were guys that were doing stuff that I cannot tell you so I can imagine some of them are employed by you know the government and other other entities and so I can, their brain power and their capabilities are beyond imagination the the math the 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 you know the engineering is this we have some of the smartest people on planet earth working for us so we have we have crazy tech, and uh, have we not shown it to the world? Uh, you know, have we have we not used it? Um, I don't know. Maybe we're using it right now. Um, you know, I don't know. But I cannot. I can only talk about consumer grade, and so the consumer grade is open AI. You know, th- that's really uh, the the elephant in the room, and I'm focused on how can consumer grade AI that is just about to take on the market is going to be affecting the businesses and the schools and the teachers and the students, my children. How can we deal with it? What can we do with it? What should we be knowing? What should we be you know, asking? That's what I'm focused on. So I cannot tell you about the, you know, the other cool. I wish I could. I wish I, I was clued into all those cool projects. But you know what happens though, uh, Kit? As you become researcher, you have seen this, right? You have seen this. When you start digging, they start contacting you. <laughs> they start finding out that you are actually getting close. So that's when you you hear you you get to know some stuff. So I'm not there yet. <laughs> this is not my uh, beef, but I I took this on as my 2023 mission to st- steer 
businesses, my personal company clients, their CIOs inform them with what is potential. At the same time, teachers and parents, everybody, what is potential? What is risk? How do you deal with it? How do you engage it? How do you benefit from it? I want to just focus on that. So it's practical usage, and you can then decide: is it is it you know is it going the wrong direction? I I'm not going to be the judge of that. I like technology, so it's amazing for me. I I know I didn't answer your question, but you know, I just can't answer that because I am not tied you, to these. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, you answered it perfectly. I was just setting up the question, just to, kind of generic without trying to sound crazy. Um, just referencing to, you know, typical questions most people end up having. And uh, I'm also laughing because <laughs> just in general, you called me out like, oh, well, I would understand. But also the fact that you would understand when you dig too much, <laughs> someone's going to contact you or shut you down. <laughs> You know that, right? You know that that's going to happen. So uh, I stay, I I try to stay, uh, have a defined path. So I'm like, hey, sorry if I I, I found your stuff, then I'm sorry, I I shouldn't be there. <laughs> I'm in the wrong room. You know, I I remember when in the in the '90s when I had only green card, I did not have U.S. citizenship. In the early '90s, uh, I want to say early as in mid '90s, and I was invited to opening Lucent, which is. Um, we uh, loosen, loosen technologies, and I was invited to their six thousand person campus, I think, and I was guarded by two arm, you know, pistol carrying security guard uh, because there are rooms in there that were doing U.S. you know secrets, and I, as a foreign national, was not allowed to you know get into those rooms. So if I went to cafeteria, guess what? Those guards were with me and. When people looked at me, I felt good. I'm like, hey, I have my, I have my, you know, protection. But it was actually they are actually stopping me from going places, and I didn't want to go there. But it was funny. But you know, those days are over. Um, but uh, but it was fun. It was interesting. There are so many things happening around us we may not know. You know, we you know. So in that same building, and interestingly, that company Lucent adopted my internet. So. Can you imagine uh, my internet software was running the entire campus? They had not only adopted my internet, they also adopted my documentation for it. So they asked permission to use my documentation. So it's kind of like, so, you know, I could see things, but I didn't. I mean, my goal was not to go into rooms that I was not supposed to, because I just don't like to have that with me. And, uh, you know, to, knowing too much is uh, is probably not a good idea. And I do want other people to talk about any of this topic if you want to, please. I don't want to be the monologue guy. So, you know, Kitty, if you, you, of course, welcome. And anybody else want to speak about uh, what we are talking about? Any kind of comment, that's all welcome. And I see, I see Nico. Hi, Nico. How are you? My happy Merry Christmas. Oh, he doesn't have a speaker. Hi, Nico. Yeah, I just gave him. Anybody else want to, you know, uh, have a comment about AI? Does it make you afraid? Are you are you are you aware of what's going on? What's new? Um, you know, please share your share your uh, thoughts, and we're just we're just here to learn from each other. I'm not too versed in AI with uh, what's going on currently with people trying to utilize it for um, Twitter, but just reading through the past week, um, let's see here, the developers for Twitter, 
there's using the OpenAI chat GPT, there was a repository in GitHub from, I forgot who it was, but uh, a friend of one of the um, other uh, developers that's not with the headquarters of Twitter, that's called TweetGPT, which it's not yet on the in, uh, Google App Store because it's being in review. But uh, the repository allows people to basically make a copy of it or clone it and do a manual uh, extension from your Google Chrome. And when you open up the app, you know, web version on your Twitter, it has a little robot and you can do your responses using ChatGPT, but it's called TweetGPT, which is super interesting and neat. And the, the one thing that concerns me, though, is when we get people to utilize AI, just like anything with the data algorithm, it does not understand fully, you know, what is what, the differences between words, until it has, you know, the law of averages, LOA, of the more people that interact with it to where it finally starts to learn. So I, I just shared what you're talking about. I have it. So you can see that um, I shared that on the, uh, I pinned it on the, on the board there. I have it, uh, the TweetGPT. Um, I play with it just so that I know what, what it does. And, you know, it's pretty interesting. Uh, it's actually a very interesting tool, but it is, uh, it is not a replacement for, for a human, uh, especially because, you know, the t when it has so little to, the tweet that you are replying to, it has very little context so it cannot really do a good job, especially if you try to be creative with it. If you say, hey, let's make a humorous re uh, reply to this thing, it'll often have really dry humor because it just just cannot, does not know kit. So if I'm replying to you in a funny way, I know I can reference things that, that, that we talked about, but it doesn't have that right at that moment because it's only looking at that tweet. So it does. It only talks from that tweet. So it's really dry. It doesn't work well. But it does. Um, so it does help if somebody's writing a, a you know, generic message. Like I will tell you, like Tim Brown, our our common friend. Uh, Tim Brown writes often very uh, motivating in um, uh, a tweet every day about you know do this, do that. And what we what I could I could have to, to GPT create a uh, agreement response response that support that idea. And, and, and kind of then tweak it a little bit. And then right there, I have a response ready in short, very short time. Uh, so that's, that's kind of what, uh, what I think use case that works for me. But as far as more creative, you know, more advanced use cases, it, it, was, it was a fail. Because the context that we provide to it is so limited. So that was kind of interesting. But I do, I do have it. I do have it plugged in. So do you feel that over a period of time, because it's uh, basically its database is still learning, that uh, it's going to advance itself? No, no OpenGPT is not connected to uh, Internet. So it cannot learn anything beyond what it has already learned since 2021. Uh, but the 4.0 uh, is, is not clear if they will keep it connected. Uh, but the issue is, you know, that once it was connected, it learned all of our biases, right? So if you ask for a women's image, uh, a photo, it practically, uh, you know, brought in naked photos because it found internet is full of naked photos. And so it, it actually used our biases 
And if you asked it, asked, you, asked it about specific question that is related to religion or race, it gave us the biases that it saw in the internet. So actually, in, I'm kind of in a way, I, as, a, as a scientist mindset, I want to have that original bias. I want to know what is the human bias. But uh, they had to filter it out because you know it was producing inappropriate and you know very controversial responses so they the 4.0 might be uh, might be a paid service where you would have the you know filter choice like bias or no bias so i i have yet to figure it out i have to hear, yet to hear from it yeah uh, so kit first then ahmed okay and so my point uh, building up of, to this question is when we have a general AI with you know, OpenAI, GPT, we're already doing the filtering and, and so forth. Um, but when we have another uh, new, new rules, another AI interacting with a, another AI, um, from the past, there was an issue where they basically could admit their rule blockage. What, what now would keep it from happening again? You mean the safeguards? The safeguards Safe, that safeguards that will yeah. prevent it from skipping over, you know, the extra step for humans can understand the transcript and basically admit it to where it can be more productive between different AI, AI communications, like the um, um, U prompt, you know, from the binaries. Yes, yeah, so I think that's you know again. AI, AI to AI communication is a very new field. So I think that they would not commu communicate with human, just like machines. Computers don't understand uh, the code we write. We convert them using compilers and interpreters to, to become eventually assembly, assembly to machine, and machine is what is understanding. So AI does not need to go through that conversion. But I hear your, I, I know what why you're asking, because the danger is when AI and AI are communicating, you know, and humans are out of the loop, um, God, you know, are, are they going to do something, uh, you know, do something beyond, you know, what we want them to do? Oh, my God. I mean, that's completely wide open, I think, Kit. And so let, let me switch to Ahmed and we'll come back to it. Yeah, go ahead, Ahmed. Oh, hey. Uh, first of all, uh, happy, happy New Year to everybody. And uh, uh, hi, Kit. It's good to see you and nice to meet you, Kabir. Um, so thoughts on just to, just to, just to build on what Kit was saying and some of the things that you have been saying, uh, Kabir, um, one is, uh, AI to AI communication as it stands right now. One second, excuse me. I'm, I'm having a second conversation. I'll, I'll just continue listening. Uh, I, I had a comment about chat GPT and, uh, but, uh, it, it's elaborate. It's it's long and elaborate, and I have to apparently pay attention here. So <laughs> <laughs> more important, you, you need to pay attention to a human. <laughs> more important things. More important things. Yes, indeed. And, and humans are more important than AI. So AI can wait. No worries. Thank you. Thank you for. <laughs> Thank you. That's yes. very. That's a very kind thing to say. <laughs> now we should always prioritize human over AI and living things, and especially child or wife right <laughs> so yeah. yeah absolutely or just spouse in general but... spouse in general spouse in general that's right that's right so no that's all cool but i'm a nice to see you. i've seen you before never talked to you um so i'm i'm very excited to you know talk to you 
And I'm very excited to talk to you as well. I've started following you. I'm I'm so surprised we were not following each other before. Oh my god! I know, I know. It's it's, it's oh my god! Come on, I'm not following. You. I'm gonna follow you right now. So yeah, I uh, I feel you. I saw you in places. So it's, that's the fun thing in Twitter space. We get to see each other's, and I'm not. I've not changed my PFP for many reasons. One is that as soon as I want to go change it, it says um, I, I, it'll lock, lock out my uh, profile. So I said, oh, Elon, come on. Let's figure this out quickly. But he hasn't figured it out yet. But uh, the kid, very sad news for Twitter space. Do you want to hear it? Oh, just pile it on. Go ahead. The closed caption has been terminated without any you know information so basically there is no co closed captions available in spaces anymore and it's an indefinite thing that means transcript generation has been destroyed i have been voicing voicing that to elon few times and many other people he doesn't respond to any of that even though he called himself the chief complaint officer and uh, so I think they have killed the transcripts and which is sad because people with hearing impairment and people with other issues like language issues and things, uh, they cannot follow many of the spaces they used to follow, which is sad because, you know, that, that helped. Uh, and, but that was our source of transcript as well. So we are, yeah, we're, well, we can still just straight from the audio create SR, uh, yeah, SS. We, we can create it, but we would not know who is speaking. It will be all one tone. So the, the good thing about closed caption is that it, it, you know, we would have the delimited data. So we would have, you know, Kit said this, and you know, then Ahmed said this, Kabir said this. But if you just take audio and then have it just transcribe, the, you know, just machine transcribe, you would just get a whole paragraph and you will not know who said what. So we, you need the time, date, date time, you know, date time stamping and also the user stamp. So which is part of the closed caption. So it well, is. Yeah. The one question is um, that's killed. Uh, forgive me for one second, kid. Uh, sorry. I, I just wanted to say bye. I will come back and join later. All my love. Bye. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Bye. Oh, happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah, he's he's got a family household, and I I just pretty much got free time just now in the car by myself. To talk. You are you are driving, <laughs> of course. But, um, of the course. One thing I, I wanted to ask was, um, uh, I just checked on the the website two days ago, and uh, even though the transcripts have been killed off for more than a week, actually, I've noticed. Um, you're still able to produce the time that was spoken within a space. So if the space recording is old, then it is available. No new spaces after 2020, uh, December 22nd is going to have uh, any, any transcripts available. And uh, so, yeah, if somebody goes in and says, I want a transcript for a space that was recorded in, in uh, December 13, it'll show a transcript because that data is available. Uh, so now, now I, I am just, I'm just mad that this such a great feature was destroyed. Not only because for us it's obviously a, a bummer, um, but uh, for people who really needed that. Uh, and sometimes I went to foreign speaking, uh, you know, space, and then I thought, and I could be wrong, I thought that it was giving me the English translate, you know, transcript. But I, I may be wrong. But uh, you know, that would have been a, such a cool thing to go to an Arabic speaking space and get the english translation and it's like you know why can that's just so doable um yeah tony why, why would he uh backtrack on that 
uh, Elon. Well, that's that's the sixty-four million or what forty-two billion dollar question. Uh, I don't know, but uh, but it's not just me. There is a ton of people that are uh, that are simply asking that why was it removed without any. You know, that's the thing. When you are a private company, own, or you're working with a private company software, you are not really a shareholder and you are not really a, you know, you're not a customer either. Even though technically I am a customer because I paid $8. Um, but, like, but like, you know. Like with with any um, anything in that space, it gets better, you know, with, um, you know, uh, with use, right? Um, yeah. Um, like, it's like MySpace to, you know, Instagram or, um, just the communication gets better. You get to see the flaws and fix it. And there's more expression as you go and with all languages, right? You want to be able to express in all languages, not just, uh, not just, um, book value but like the expression the mannerisms like in tones of voice and stuff like that that could go so far that that'd be one you know they could be one speaker for all languages yeah i'm kind of confused too because uh the top users of uh twitter for spaces um are arabic and the second that comes in for the top users is uh, English speaking, which is European and U.S. Yeah, I mean, here's what happened when he had to reboot Twitter Spaces because you know after that incident with the uh, with him uh, kind of banning these uh, uh, journalists and then taking a poll to bring them back, and then the whole Twitter Space was out for hours, right? Hours and hours. I forget how many hours, and. Then when it was rebooted, basically restarted, that's when caption dis- caption died. Now, uh, you know, caption services could be forgotten or intentionally killed. But I think, you know, Elon and all the people watching Twitter from inside Twitter uh, ha- should have already got enough, you know, a year full of people complaining about not having the caption. Uh, so I just don't, they are silent about it. So it is... This is one of the reason I'm 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 more believer in the open source you know version of you know social audio and I cannot wait to get in front of uh, you know in front of uh, that project which is our mission that we need to create an open source you know what what WordPress did to web development and website is like anybody right now with twenty bucks can start a website download WordPress. Or even click on it, install it, get it installed by the provider and create a pretty substantial website. I would not do it for myself. I would never use it for myself. Uh, I would not recommend it to my customers because there is a lot of issues with WordPress. But it can be good if you are if you know what plugins you are using and everything. You, you, if you know how to deal with it, you can do well. And, and, but what it did, it allowed anybody to create a complete ownership of what you know a website every single html page every single css every single imagery they can own it it's not wix it's not some other third party service serving a website for you you serving it you can put it on your hard drive you can take it on your uh, flash drive and you can put it on somewhere else that enabled freedom for wordpress uh, website i want the same level of freedom for social audio using open source 
and and that's what I want to take social audio. Now, am I there? Of course not. Yeah, please. I'm just curious if it, it's more steps, but did they remove the uh, MP4 video source from like the HE-AAC, like the meta that's associated to it to create MP4s so that you can actually on your own create the SSR or SST uh, captions and it, it um, syncs with the video file? So the, all the caption servers are down, and they don't they don't respond to any anything. So uh, you know you couldn't uh, you know you could just you would just time out on them. So we 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 have zero return from from them. Uh, so you don't you cannot even establish a you know a connection. So uh, I think they have been have been eliminated or turned off or found to be useless by someone. Yeah, Tony. So I have another thing about that. So. Um, the problem that I've seen with Twitter spaces is uh, people that are lingering or trying to listen in when they can't comprehend the uh, speech that's going on in the chat, but uh, they like to, you know, uh, not steal information, but like regurgitate it, right? Um, well, that's another way to look at it. We, um, being able to like turn down the cat the closed captioning so someone like that can better understand it in their language barrier right because they don't they don't have as much uh uh their vocabulary isn't as big or they don't know how to understand like they don't they can't understand a feeling they've never felt before or a memory they've never seen so maybe they can turn that down for that and then and then for the the intelligent people that speak different languages you know that it, it's you know but it goes both ways i just want to be a conspiracy theorist and right now with everything going on it just uh it just reduces the liability risk because even though for like foia and so forth people can request their data and archive it or they can remove admit it from the government but it's uh you know reduces liability in general when they say they don't have it archived um impermanently yeah if you if you have it turned off it's pretty easy to say i don't we don't have it we we, we lost uh, our services or we we accidentally turned it off while uh, while we talked about this xyz so yeah, kid, you are you are right. I mean, it's kind of scary that way. I don't even want to go there. <laughs> so yeah, it seems I'm like sorry. into something I, I, else. Like I can see that. I can <laughs> see it. Uh, yeah, and and then uh, you know, and that's even if if they're even paying attention, right? Yeah, this is the plausible deniability thing that that can be created so easily by just saying, you know, we had this off. So when we talked about this stuff, we can't give you any of the recording, any of the transcripts because we just didn't have it and we turned it off. Man, this sounds so bad. I I, I can't think like this, kid. I can't. You're making me think. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Well, anyways, back to AI. Back AI. to AI. Very yeah, good. Thank on you. Steroids. <laughs> I'm right. So. Oh, oh, so I do want to talk about something. So, you know, the biggest thing with the OpenAI would be the prompts, like talking to it. And and that's why, you know, I am thinking that most people would fail to communicate with it because what I did is I asked 
one of our senior most engineers on a Zoom call. I said, hey, you ask it to design a base class, basically a computer object. I said, ask it to design a computer object. You tell me and I type it in. So with all my engineers watching, he told me, okay, design a base class using this constraint and this. I typed it in, it designed it. It gave, gave a base class and he looked at it he pretty proudly. Then I said, watch this. With more clear specificity, I said, design a base class, meaning another computer programming object, something that we need. And guess what? It created a base class. And then, you know what he said? He said, oh my God, this is our code. I said, yeah, this is our code. It wrote the exact, near exact code of the base class of a printing service that we have in our enterprise software. It basically designed it exactly the way because I with, I know with the specificity, like I was able to give it exact instruction on what to build and it built it. And the code, so Kit, here is the cool, I'm going to give you a use case for AI that is unbelievable in my opinion. I want to hear your opinion. Here is what happened. A lot of people, a lot of people who are starting businesses, they go to these sites called Fiverr and Upwork and various other sites to hire a consultant from far, far, far away, right? They go hire someone from Russia, India, China, mostly Russia, India, Vietnam, and others. And they say, hey, man, can you make me a, a JavaScript or can you make me a Web3 thing or can, whatever, whatever, the widget. Can you make me a widget? And they say, sure, for 50 bucks, I'll make it the widget that would normally, you know, a, a decent programmer in U.S. would cost, you know, $2,000, right? So you get that 50 bucks deal and you get yourself a project and it works. You are like so happy that you saved that in a $1,950 and you are working on it and you are awesome. You are happy to use it because, and then you find out it has a ED call home syndrome. It's actually calling their server, doing stuff. So all kinds of things can happen. So here is what I propose. I said, dude, if you don't want to do that, you can ask now someone, Mr. Smart Guy, please give me the prompt to generate the code that I will generate through an AI, not through you. I will not take your file. I will not take your plugin. I want you to write a specific instruction set that will generate the code that you would have given me, but I want the AI to give it. So what that does is it's a third party verification. Instead of trusting that code base that you would normally would not understand, you would now have to trust this AI company. Now, get granted, the AI company could be notorious, but assume that it is not. Assume that it's a public utility and it can be verified and looked at and others. And now imagine this. Instead of asking someone in far, far away in India, Vietnam or somewhere that you have no control over, you could not go and you don't know code. Assuming you don't know code, you, you now ask that person to generate an instruction set and that result is created by AI. Now the files that you got are less likely to be tainted. And that is a use case for business. When I mentioned this to CIOs, they're like, oh my God, oh my God, we can now have verification of things that we wanted to do, but we would not do it because we don't trust the other party. We don't trust the end product coming off the other party. We want, but we know they're expert. If they're expert and cheap, they can tell us the instruction, generate the, uh, generate the you know, actual production in an AI, and return that AI, AI, use that AI 
as long as we can trust the AI. And now AI is a U.S. company, liable to all U.S. laws, and and cannot produce things that we, you know, effectively, you know, bad for you. Um, but again, that's an assumption. Better assumption than someone in Vietnam providing you a bunch of files that you have to trust, and you have to now either trust it or have someone verify it. So. I see use cases that are amazing to me. And when you have this AI-generated one, if you wanted to verify that that is actually a safe code or product, you could go to the secondary AI, another third-party AI, say, okay, I have this. Now, Now, is this matching the instruction? And so you, without knowing, not having the domain expertise, can now verify things. So I am working at that level of, of use cases for the primer that I'm writing, because I'm catering to the CIOs that are saying, how do we advance our business? How do we, how does it benefit us? How does it improve us? How does it make us safe? And this is, I just gave you a use case where even a small company, a small individual can, you know, get code generated by AI that normally would have been receiving from a unknown third party. So these things will improve. I mean, I'm giving a very simple example, but these things will improve our, our, you know, our things. And uh, you guys both, uh, oh yeah, kid, go ahead. <laughs> well, you called me out before you started the spiel, and at first, you know, like, okay, great. So you're you're gung ho for it. So calling me out, I have to come up with an opposing side. Just doesn't necessarily mean I'm opposing. I love the idea, the same idea of like people trying to find the pros and cons and creating a, um, you know, voting within the DAO and using an AI also to assist as a mutual or uh, an unbiased party, uh, partisan. The one issue that I have with AI being attacked, like there's no rules and regulations to go after AI of a technology, but the, the people that are the controllers, they're the developers they can go after. And you know, if there's not enough doxing, then there's, there's an issue too. But AI as a technology, it kind of falls under you know, the uh, international standards of operations of the ISO. And at that point in time, what will keep us from later on like if people are utilizing that for a validator and whatever the safeguards are inputted into it um what is to say that our laws won't change to uh reestablish commercial commercialization to it i i think i didn't hear you all the way uh, you got cut off some somewhat um, anybody else? Tony, you are you are not liking something, so maybe you can respond. I didn't hear Kit all the way. Uh, uh, I completely agree with... Um, I was just trying to be uh, optimistic about, um, you know... Uh, so I believe that can be very dangerous, and it even, just like you said, um, they could gain information that they wouldn't normally understand and then uh, recycle it and they could be probably most likely used for um, ill intent rather, you know, selfish intent rather than uh, for community or growth more like, uh, you know, just um, fortress holding or uh, uh, yeah, 
it I see the issue with that now. Um <clears throat> yeah. Uh mm. yeah, can, can, I, can, those can people can be helped though. Um not let that way though. Uh, yeah. So can you hear me now, Kabir? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. I was just trying to come up with an opposing side about the regulations that we have for our standards as a nation, the uh, ANSI or even international ISO for, um, you know, just generally everything. I think for computer technology and so forth, you know, majority, I can't speak for, but uh, United States, we don't, we can't go after a technology, but we can go after the creators. The one issue that I did bring up as opposing uh, interest would be what if, you know, we come up with a consensus for what is a standard, what can be a safeguard uh, put into for programming for AI as a control. And with that, um, the government can go over and, you know, basically come in at any point in the whim over these uh, tech companies and change up something that would be more viable for their interest and create a bias centralization. Uh, with that, um, I wanted to pick your brain of something that would be productive so that won't happen of what type of thoughts and questions should be brought up for the next meeting coming up this year with the ISO which is, uh, I believe, the computer technology is in Australia this year. I can't remember. Well, I think, you know, a lot of AI-related things will come up. I'm sure there's a lot of people thinking about it. And, the, you know, the issue with the safe safety, the biggest risk is, you know, the damage that it can do if it, let, if, if it has operational, if AI is operationally connected to things, uh, you know, would would it would it bypass? You know, would it would it outweigh human uh, value over its own you know uh, metrics? Like it, it says, you know what? I'm told to maximize electricity electricity uh, performance of electricity in this grid. So I will take out the rural market because I think my uh, the the customers in the city pays more. Uh, I'm just gonna you know employ more power to them. So because that's that's the operational you know requirement. So I think you know these are going to come out. But I, I frankly you know in the regulatory space I'm 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 zero. I I cannot claim you know I'm just I'm a technologist playing with toys and learning and sharing. Um, I think regulation and I think Europe is going to be leader in my opinion uh, with with AI uh, related uh, you know things because they often uh, are have the time because they have a they were more organized out instead of our two-party system. They got all these European Union bodies uh, who who can actually sit down and spend a whole bunch of time figuring out things than our two-party Congress that are di divided and split. And I'm not going to go into that. Uh, but um, I do, my wife just told me I gotta go. <laughs> that's that's again, guys, human over AI. But I did have great experience. I just want to ask Tony. Tony, I see some Japanese stuff. Even the Japanese Japan Japanese flag in your profile, and and uh, one of the pin to it is the seems like Japanese or Chinese. I, I couldn't tell, but the flag shows Japanese. So, are you involved in uh, Japanese things? Um, I was actually born in Japan. My dad was stationed there. Um, oh, 
I've lived there for eight years. No, I don't, but I understand uh, (laughs) the space of it. Okay, okay. Uh, so yep. yeah, uh, that's interesting because I one you know I will tell you I've I've traveled a lot of the world uh, in a uh, for a, one country I still want to travel is Japan I only only went to the Narita airport as a as a layover thing and was not enough and I didn't get out but uh, I am fascinated by Japanese culture and uh, the obviously it's a different type of culture it, it, you know it's a homogeneous um, but it is an impressive you know the respect for uh people and uh, you know the, the way they do things i just i'm just fascinated and i had a roommate in college days uh, he was japanese and i had four roommates so we had two bedroom house and he went to japan came back and then he said uh, he wanted to share something with me and he said my i showed my mom our picture like all four of us in a, took a picture before he went for some and then he said his mom pointed to me and says trust this guy and nobody else <laughs> so so she picked me as the trusted roommate and uh, I, I, I don't have any reasoning for it, but so Michio Murayama is his name and he's like, uh, you know, my mom picked you as my trusted roommate. So I, uh, so it was funny and it was, that's not the reason I like Japan, but I, I, I'm fascinated by Japan and I have not gone there yet, but I do want to go uh, and I wanted to go in the Olympics, but you know, then obviously it was COVID, right? So um, but yeah, I do want to go, and so that's why I was thinking that are you from Japan or you know you, you have a flag there, so it's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I was born there. Uh, oh man, Japan is so interesting. There's so much to see. There's Mount Fuji. There's Monkey Island. They have science museums. Uh, you know, farms that you can see, and they, everything is just so well put and placed, and they're so about it, A to B. You know, mind business and their community, right? Um, shops are efficient. Everything's efficiently placed. Everything's efficiently lit, well lit. Everything's built well. I mean, look at look at the bridges, that boat that they have, the the that sends sonar down, that V-shaped boat. I don't know what it's called. I saw a video of it, and I knew it was from Japan, just because. And like they're just they were just so advanced, even. I, when was it either like 2019 or 20 years ago i like to say 20 just because it's easier 20 years ago and they're just so ahead of their time and i can see <clears throat> the the huge discrepancy between here and there and everywhere else for that matter like america's infrastructure and way means of travel and uh, speed limits and coal trains and coker uh, refineries, you know, like, um, you know, there's people are still using um, propane heater tanks, uh, water tanks, and they, they want to, uh, like, like I said, fortress hold, you know, like, <sighs> why? And and um, I I've, I guess I can answer that myself. I hate sounding like I'm repeating myself because I feel like I do. Um, yeah, it's very interesting to uh, observe it first person. Um, how uh, secluded and um, some people are 
or were from the rest of the world. I hope there's still, there aren't anymore. I hope they can, you know, obviously they're not, they've been getting packages from Amazon and, you know, now they have phones and TikTok. like the new generation of kids are, you know, hope you'd hope. Well, I, I see it. It depends where they're at though. It depends who their uh, leader is. Right. Or who's leading. Oh, it's, it's, this is a, I live in a weird place, I guess. And if the, if the place I live in now is any indicator of the different s spots in America that are secluded as well. Well, that's, that sounds like a huge issue. Like, uh, with human, what is it? Human continuity. Like what weren't we supposed to be spacefaring already? You know, there's videos in the 1960s talking about all this, and it. Someone, you know, the one in front of the gun lives forever, right? Kendrick Lamar. Um. Wow. Wow. I I. I don't. I get it. Um. Hmm. Mm. Interesting. Ugh. Interesting. Well, I have to go, guys. So, Kit, everyone, Tony, uh, in a, in a nice talking to you again. I hope to see you all in another space. Uh, and if I don't see you before the new year, but I probably will. <laughs> but uh, some of you may not. But uh, you know, happy new year and and be on spaces and we'll find each other and share our ideas. Thank you so much for your time in talking to me and being here. Thank you.